RDTDaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Man, oh man. Hi, everyone. This is Tara Devlin. Welcome to Saturday evening in the decline and fall of the American Republic. I almost said Roman Republic. Uh, I got my hair cut. It's a little short. I need a vacation. Well, anyway, who doesn't need a vacation nowadays? Not that we can get a vacation. I was just watching some British TV show. I can't remember what it was. And they were talking. Somebody in the show was getting a job. And they were like, well, you get the standard 30 days vacation. You know what it was? It was um, that show that's on Showtime. I can't remember the name of it. The lady gets out of prison after being in prison for 20 years. She's trying to get a job at a fish and chips shop. Just a regular fast food joint. And the guy was like, well, you know, you get the standard 30 days vacation. That's, you know, every other country on earth. Here in the United States of serfs and lords, what do you get? We get nothing here unless we demand it. Power concedes nothing without a demand. I'm a little bit irritated tonight, as I am always, because I'm conscious. That's the problem. How many things happened this week besides the impeachment. We lost more children needlessly, unnecessarily to gun violence. And that's not even the top story. So we have more grieving children. And then they were showing on the corporate media how they just had a live shooter drill the week of the murder. I guess there's only a couple of kids died. So, oh, wow, we should call ourselves lucky. Someone's being touted as a hero because she used the new triage kit that's available in the every classroom in this particular school. It's a gun triage kit. This is America. Okay? This country is sick. Very sick. Rotten from the head up. From the head down, I mean. Head up. I wish it was the head up. We're very sick here because we are captured by money. Greed is the only American value left. What do we stand for in this country? Every other grifting, grafting country that we have always separated ourselves from. We have said we're doing it differently here. We try to model what it is like to have a free democratic nation of laws. Not anymore. We have a bunch of criminals running around the White House crying like a bunch of victims. And an entire political party playing along with the game and the sham. Doing the bidding of a anti-democratic dictator. Nancy Pelosi, what she said is 100% correct. All roads lead to Putin with him. It's not just him, it's the entire Republican Party. They're carrying out the Russian foreign policy. That's how they're making America great again. This great country acting as a satellite of a dictatorship. Disgusting. It's filthy and disgusting. So anyway, I didn't start the show, really. My name is Tara Devil, and I come here every friggin' Saturday night. I don't know what you guys do. Some people come, and they go into the chat room. If you're listening on the podcast, why don't you come and join us? What are you doing? Why, why aren't you in the chat room with the standard bearers of this show, who are normal people? Normal people. This show is for normal people. If you're an aspiring normal person... You know, you say, oh, I, I don't know, I'm a Republican. I'm socially liberal, but fiscally conservative. Because why? You think you are. I'm so sick of it. I'm sick of Republicans destroying this country. It's so, isn't it vile that we are the useful idiots of Putin? He's not that smart. 
He's just like the dumbass Republicans in this country. He's just a, uh, he's an autocrat of the vein of every other goddamn autocrat this world has ever endured. Disgusting. Not, not, I mean, why I keep saying disgusting? I'm trying, I need to get a thesaurus out. But it's vile, self-serving, self-centered, anti-democratic, oppressive, just all for themselves. And a few handful of sycophants who will do anything and say anything for their own benefit. Not for the benefit of Earth. I mean, the, the Earth is dying. There's no getting around that. This story just came out today. The city of Venice, as the council, the, the council of Venice, it, Venice is the city in Italy that is uh, in water. You, you go around in a friggin' gondola. Not that I would know. I never get the hell out of the tri-state area because I'm busy. Always working. I'm going to look back on my life. I'm going to be like, what the hell? Why didn't I take a goddamn vacation? Out of a permanent vacation out of this goddamn armed madhouse before I have to go on GoFundMe. God help me. You know, if I get a catastrophic illness, what do we do? You know, you got to get on GoFundMe. One third of the campaigns on GoFundMe are for medical expenses. If that's not disgraceful, what the hell else? Let me count the ways. We can do better than this. I know that. But the thing that really irritates me on top of everything else is that we have a so-called Democratic Party in concert with the so-called left liberal media, whatever that is. There is no liberal media. The MSNBC isn't it. In concert with the Democratic establishment, wooing Americans into thinking that we can't have nice things. You know, change we can believe in. Yeah, I mean, it's only that we can believe in it. You're not supposed to actually try to aspire to it or accomplish it. Change we can believe in. What is this? We will eat platitudes. I'm sorry, you can't put platitudes on the table. Platitudes won't give you 30 days vacation or Medicare for all or health care as a right of citizenship. But, you know, change. Change we can believe in. So what the hell does that mean? It's like Pete Buttigieg's. We have to have to have real policies. What does that mean? Real policies. What does that mean? That means let's not actually do the things that we need to do to fix this broken system. Let's just talk about change we can believe in. Real policies. Being better. We're better than this. We're divided. Yeah, no kidding, honey. That's why we're divided because you're dividing us. We live in the least upwardly mobile of all the OECD nations. And we have the Pete Buttigieg's and the Barack Obama's of the world telling us that's the best we can do. Where one third of the American people can't retire. Oh, that's the best we can do though, right? Let's go suck another billionaire's ass. There's not enough for billionaires. They don't have enough. These effing billionaires, the poor things. Let's keep working for them because, you know, as they say, our rewards will come in heaven. For fucking sake. I'm sick of it. So on top of everything else, I mean, I hate Republicans too. Don't get me wrong. I hate them. I just hate the DLC Democrats because they're part of the problem. They really are. Twitler didn't get here overnight. He's not here by accident. It's a decades-long decline from the great prosperity until the new Gilded Age. And it came to us through government policy. One government policy at a time, a government that was slowly being captured, again, by the corporate interests, the interests of the elite. This is what allows a Donald Trump to slither his con man way into our body politic. 
people know this. They know that they're being ripped off, that they're working their three uniquely American low-paying jobs and not, they're not able to retire, and they're one paycheck away from the food lines. The, the Republicans are telling them the stock market's doing wonderfully. What's the statistic? It's 10% of the American people have 90% of, of, of the stocks or whatever it is. It's, it's ridiculous. That was Reagan's whole thing with another way that they bamboozled us with this FN 401k shit. We, we went from having guaranteed pensions from when we retire to when we die to rolling the dice with the stock market with these banksters hoping against hope that when we need the money that is obviously not going to last us until we die, hoping that it's not in a crash or it's in a point where there is some regulation where banksters didn't completely suck our savings dry. What do you do when you're old and that's it? You know what I mean? Your working days are behind you and then your money's just sucked into some kind of algorithm because somebody came up with a computer program that could high-frequency trade and move numbers on a friggin' balance sheet and actually not create anything except funnel more money to the top. What do you do? Oh, well, old lady, go die. <sighs> Better luck next life, honey. Maybe you'll be a uh, you'll be born um, with a trust fund, or maybe you'll be a sociopath and not have any qualms about being just being a lying sack of shit. So you'll say and do anything to get what you want, not not caring who you leave in the wake. Ugh, I'm tired. Anyway, what was I saying? Yeah, so Venice. Uh, yeah, karma's a bitch, baby. Just I love. I mean, speaking of karma, I'm I'm very happy that Roger Stone is in jail. Good. Well, he didn't go to jail yet. If I wonder if he was a black man, right, with seven c felony counts against him, would they let him walk out, get his affairs in order? No, he would. He'd be he'd be in jail right now. But you know, this is the this is the United States of serfs and lords and. What do we what do we have? White privilege. You got to hold on to that because what else do you got? White people, right? Let's see. The Italian council is flooded immediately after rejecting measures on climate change. Good for you. You know, Mother Nature laughs. We make plans and nature laughs. You dumb bastards. Uh, Venetio Regional Council, which is located in Venice's Grand Canal, was flooded for the first time in history on Tuesday night, just after it rejected measures to combat climate change. The historic Italian city has been brought to its knees this week by the worst flooding there is, there's been in more than 50 years. The council chamber wait and the council chamber in Ferro Fini Palace started to take on water around 10 p.m. local time the councillors as the councillors were debating the 2020 regional budget the democratic party councillor andrea Z zanoni said in a long facebook post well it's in italian well here's the translation ironically the chamber was flooded two minutes after the majority league brothers of italy and forza italia parties rejected our amendments to tackle climate change Zanoni, who is deputy chairman of the Environmental Committee, said in a post, which, is, which also has photographs of the room underwater, among the rejected amendments were measures to fund renewable sources, to replace diesel buses with more efficient and less polluting ones, to scrap polluting stoves, and reduce the impact of plastics. Well, you know, you wouldn't want to do that, because that might 
that might pester a billionaire who needs to suck another ounce of wealth into their pocket that they will never spend in a million lifetimes. They need to funnel more money into a, ba- into a Swiss bank account so they can buy politicians. It'll sit there. You know, they, they, they whatever. Who cares? The council's, can- wait, wait. The regional council's spokesman, Andre- Alessandro Ovocic, I can't say these words. I mean, we know this. Confirmed to CNN that the council was flooded after discussing amendments. Oh, yeah. That's what we just said that. To the 2020 budget without specifying which ones. The council president, the league's Roberto Ciamente, rejected Zanoni's accusations. Oh, so they're saying, oh, no, they didn't know that they were rejecting climate change. Yeah, bullshit. Beyond propaganda and deceptive reading, we are voting for a regional budget that spent 965 million pounds, or whatever, liras, I guess that is, not pounds, over the past three years in the fight against air pollution smog, which is a determining factor in climate. Well, you know, much a little too late. Too little too late. Let me see something here. I just read this other article about the permafrost melting. I wish I had saved it. I'm just looking it up. This is what happens. I have all these, I have 10,000 articles open, but then I think about another article. The perma, P-E, Irma, Frost, Melting. Hopefully I can find this article. Well, let's see. Well, this is from the Daily Mail. This, I read something on in the New York Times, I think. But permafrost melt is releasing twice as much carbon than previously thought and turning the Arctic tundra into a climate change contributor. So here's what's happening. Uh, it, let me paraphrase or whatever, sum it up. In, I read this article last night, and it, for as much as I can remember it, what it was is the, the scientists going up to the Arctic. The Arctic is... Uh, if you think of it as a refrigerator in the, in your own home, a freezer, let's say your freezer goes on the fritz, you, you have stuff in there that's still frozen, but after a while it starts to decay. And then what you'll have a, the repercussions of that, things will start to decay, um, things will be released into the air. So if, uh, and it'll affect the rest of your kitchen let's say right but that you know i mean it's at least if it was just something made smelly that's one thing but you what what's happening is that what's encased in the ice are microbes and organisms that haven't seen light for some uh, some of them for 10,000 years so you have all these ancient organisms and even diseases that might be encased in the in the permafrost it could really open a pandora's box and on top of because some of the some of the biological matter and the plant matter that got trapped in the permafrost and have frozen they haven't decayed fully so they'll start decaying and then they'll release more carbon into the atmosphere and that will speed up climate change basically co2 going into this into the air and on top of it, all this other shit can be released into the atmosphere that we're not prepared to deal with. It's like it would be even it almost akin to when the Europeans came over to 
the uh, the new world, so to speak, and the uh, Native Americans didn't have immunities to the diseases they were carrying. So we we might end up having the same you know repercussions of these of ancient microbes being released into the air again. Oh, so yeah, that's something we can think of. That's I mean maybe there'll be a zombie apocalypse. It'll be like a zombie bug. That'll be fun, right? It'll be like Walking Dead. People who study media and whatnot. With uh, the, There's this proliferation of zombie movies and zombie television shows. It reflects a larger societal anxiety about the collapse of civilization, right? And people uh, wanting to reboot. And The Walking Dead. People walking around unconsciously. If I was in school again, I'd write a paper on it. But instead, I'll just blabber on this show, on the Tarabuster, every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And we are rebroadcast on Sunday, starting 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices, anytime on the Progressive Voices app. So please become a patron of this show at patreon.com slash taradevlin, because this is what we're, this is it, baby. We're... This is the corporate, I mean, this is the corporate media. I wish this was the corporate media, don't you? If this was the corporate media, we might have a shot. This earth might have a shot. No, it's not the corporate media. It's the liberal media. That's it. Me, Mike Malloy, Bob Kincaid, that's the liberal media. And then you have the corporate media that are all losing their shit over Pete effing Buttigieg. And they're warning us now, young men and young women, do not go too far left. Because people don't want to break down this. This is what Barack Obama said today. Excuse me. He said, I'm I'm just like, shut up. Shut the hell up, Obama. He warns us not to go too far left. Now, what does that mean? What does too far left mean? When you're, when you're the least upwardly no- mobile with the widest income gap of all OECD nations. What does that mean? It means do not get any ideas, b- boo-boo, about changing this system. The, when I think about how, I mean, honestly, I feel bamboozled and betrayed. And now when Obama, of course I voted for Obama. Like we all look back fondly on Obama. We, as we started, people are looking back fondly on George W. Bush. As he's, he was a nightmare too. He needs to be in prison too. How do you send Americans to their cold early graves on a lie and still get to walk around painting pictures of people's toes? How is that? If, if we had a functioning system, if we had a system where the, the, the so-called representatives didn't uh, dare to send our, our fellow Americans to, into harm's way for, for a lie, that should see the whole thing about being a democratic system, a nation of laws, it was that one of the selling points of democracy is that it's supposed to be slow to go to war. We, we're not, um, you don't go, uh, you, there are checks and balances that will prevent that from happening. You don't go needlessly to booster y- the, the, the credibility of your Lord. 
that's what we used to endure. The the working people of the world had to endure the, you know, the games at the at the of the lords and the 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 the, the, the feudal serfs had no, they had no say in the matter. They had to had to fight for whoever was their their lord and uh, you know they were playing games of power and wealth and they weren't sharing it with the people so you know um the those things those those games were supposed to stop with when you have a democratic nation you're not supposed to just go die for corporate aggression to make the world safe for you know for uh, standard oil as smedley butler put it but you know, there's George Bush walking around, high fiving Ellen at the at some whatever game. That's a symptom of a sick ass society. Not the not the hey, be kind, like Ellen said. Oh, be nice, be nice, everyone. That's not the kind of nice we need. You want to be nice? Make people who make war criminals go to jail for their crimes. Make that that a a national pastime. Sending criminals to jail, like at judgment at Nuremberg. What if we never had judge a judgment at Nuremberg? The world didn't stand up and say no to Nazism and the crimes. Uh, let's just move forward. Let's not look behind. Move forward. I, at the time, we were the standard bearers for that decency, for, for justice. Now we're nothing but... Uh, the same kind of criminals that we're trying to, let's say, uh, when I'm watching this impeachment hearing, the one of uh, the spins of the Republican, the the fascist Putin puppets is that, oh, Trump was just rooting out corruption, right? No, he's getting in on the corruption. He is the corruption. When the Ukrainians, they're trying to get away from that kind of corruption, and there is Trump bringing us down. Being the corruption, making sure that the corruption continues. That's a friggin' disgrace. But anyway, let me read this. That pissed me off. Many things pissed me off. This uh, We'll get to the Republicans. We'll get to it all. Yes, Obama says that Americans are seeking improvement, not revolutionary change. The average American doesn't think we have to completely tear down the system and remake it. What's really? When was the last time he talked to an average American? I, I I don't know. I don't think I don't consider Hillary Clinton an average American. Mamma mia! Yes, and I want to talk about. I'm looking at the at the chat. The war criminals that Twitter pardoned against against the advice i mean against the the ucmj this is a bone spur draft dodging tax cheating con man telling soldiers telling the use the the uniform code of military justice the jags the 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 uh the military courts that told these soldiers you're not one of us you're a disgrace to your uniform he just said nope no, you're not. You're not a disgrace to your uniform. Put that uniform back on because we are a disgrace. The entire American system is now a disgrace. There are no standards. So, oh, you wanted you just want to kill? Go on in. Here you go. Here's a That's not how we're supposed to do it. 
he not only disgraces the uniform and anybody who ever served in a uniform honorably, he, he puts us all at risk. It is a, he's vile, showing that the, it, it's him going, it's, it's on so many levels it's vile, him going in and, and injecting his draft-dodging, bone-spur bullshit about what it means to be a man or what it means to be tough. You know what's tough? It's tough to be, uh, have a nation that, that is modeled on laws and dignity. We're supposed to be the good guys. We don't take pictures with corpses. We, it, when you're wearing that uniform, you're the ambassador of this country. And this is what I, when I, when I served this country in uniform, I didn't have to be taught that, but that's what they taught us. When you're wearing the uniform, you are the ambassadors of this country. When you have that flag on your shoulder, you, you are showing society what a soldier is. We don't take pictures with corpses. That is a disgrace to any soldier that serves honorably, that wears that, that uniform with dignity, that deserves to be in that uniform. Not everybody can do it, and not everybody should do it. There's a, there's a standard but there are no more standards here in the United States of serfs and lords. He has disgraced us. And that's another, that's another notch in Putin's belt to denigrate the American military in that way. So, and he puts, the, puts everybody at risk. He puts us at risk, the civilians. He puts those serving at risk. You don't put somebody who can't handle being a soldier you don't give them the right to be one. You don't give them rank. You don't give them the, the honor of having a rank or being a part of this, this, you know, military. You have to, there's a process. You know, you got to go through a process to even get to the point where you can be considered a soldier. So uh, why not just make anybody who wants to be one be one? But if you lose, you can lose that right if you act like um, uh, an animal. I mean, no offense to animals. I don't think animals take pictures with the, with the corpses for fun. But that's what one of these fuckers was doing. So the other soldiers, other officers and people who, had, who understand the military said to these war, criminal, war, war criminals, no, you're not one of us. And this tax-cheating, draft-dodging con man comes in and says otherwise, oh, there's a problem there. <sighs> that infuriated me too. Unbelievable. It is unreal. The disgrace. And anybody who is in the military that votes for that draft-dodging bone spur, cadet bone spurs who thinks he's tough by allowing someone who is a war criminal, who was judged a war criminal by a jury of his peers. I mean, I don't know the whole process of the UCMJ, but it's, you're not in a civilian court. These are other, this is the military justice saying, you're not one of us. You're a disgrace. That's why there's separate, co there's separate prisons for people in the military. You're, you're under a separate set of laws. How dare he get in there? Oh, he, but he's the commander-in-chief. He's got, he's got friggin' nerve, but of course he thinks he's, uh, you know, he's the greatest man that ever lived.
in his own eyes. He's a, he's a, the, thank goodness for him. What would, we, what would we do without him and Trump University and Trump Network Vitamins and Trump Magazine and Trump Shuttle and Trump, Trump Taj Mahal? What would we do without Ivanka's shitty sweatshops in China? What would we do without all the tweets? I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. I do. I'm sorry. I should be a better person. Oh, and I hear, oh, liberals, you're so intolerant. I heard this again. So intolerant. So much hate. Yeah, I do hate. It's like if somebody came in my house and started kicking my cats, I'd hate them. I'd, uh, I'd fight them. You don't just sit by and go, oh, I'm tolerant of, the, of you being, taking a shit on my constitution and wiping your ass with the Bill of Rights. And, and, and you, I mean, Republicans hate this country so much they put the most, the worst people. If you love the, this country, like I, like I always say like this too, like I love my cats. We all love our family, right? I'll just put it down to the cats, right? Just to make it the, they're not children, obviously, but they're living creatures. I love them. But I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't put somebody who's unqualified to watch a cat in charge of them. If I went away and I said I needed a cat sitter, you don't put someone who, who's, who's incompetent. That's how much I care. I care about them. I love them. I want to, them to be safe and I want them to be taken care of properly. It's the same thing with anything. Think of other things of value that you value, like the United States. You don't put the worst human beings who have absolutely no qualifications, no business, being anywhere near power in positions of power and uh, and, uh, on the courts like he just did. He put the Republicans just, they just put another completely unqualified sycophant, flunky, who never tried a case, who was deemed unqualified, who's a rabid racist and homophobe on a, in, into a lifetime position on the bench. I'll get to that in a minute. I'm all over the place. Because this is the, that's the kind of week it's been. Right? It's been nonstop. No wonder I'm a bitch. I'm a bitch on wheels. <laughs> and I, I don't know. Do I like my hair? It's too short. But it'll grow. Right? I think it's more of a security blanket, the hair. I can never, I could never really pull off the short hair thing. I don't have that self-esteem. But I'm looking for your, for your chats. Where the heck is it? Let me see. Wait, 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 wait. What? What's going on here? Yes, please, on the volume? What's going on here? You can't hear the show? Maybe I'm coming into the chat and taking it out of context. I know we had some mic problems last show during the weekday. I don't know what the hell that was about. Let me see what's going on. 
Give me two minutes. Not two minutes. I mean, this is a show, right? You tuned in. You didn't tune in for this shit. Let me see. I'm doing... I'm, fuck. Now I have an echo. I'll have to cut this out. Now, is it echoing? <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Okay, that's better. All right. Where is that goddamn article? Yeah. Here's, Obama says that Americans are... Seeking improvement, not revolutionary change. What happened to change we can believe in? That's, that's what I'm wondering. Former President Obama had studiously avoided commenting on the Democratic presidential primary, but on Friday, before a crowd of wealthy liberal donors, well, there you go, in Washington, he finally weighed in. His message, don't move too far to the left. This is still a country that is less revolutionary than it is interested in improvement. Well, that's because, if that is true, okay, he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about because where the fuck does he live? He's, he just bought a $50 million mansion, him and Michelle. These are people that I had some respect for at one time. I still respect them, whatever. But I respected the fact that the, uh, you know, he, he paid off his student loans, that's what I remember, that they had, from Obama's book sales, that they had just paid off their student debt. So they, I felt like they had some kind of understanding about what it means to be a serf in the United States of serfs and lords. But <clears throat> give me a break here. Now you're living in your ivory tower. Good for you. You, you, did, you gave us more health care. You gave us the Republican health care plan. That's why it sucks. Thanks a lot. Because did you do us any favors? Ultimately, yes, I guess people have, I mean, there's some good things about Obamacare, but you didn't, ha I mean, see the forest through the trees. I don't know. Maybe I'm being whatever. But if he can't, I mean, what I'm being whatever. Maybe I'm being not pragmatic. He's trying to be pragmatic. How many years did we have to endure him trying to be pragmatic? Going out there and talking to the Republicans, trying to make them normal, trying to get them to see the, to see the fact that, you know, hey, um, he, you know what it is? This is what we were talking about on the weekday show, that it's the Democrats were, and I believe President Obama too, trying, I don't know, maybe I'm projecting, but that I believe that they were projecting, trying to, to get the Republicans to, like, acting as if the Republicans are, they, that they're not uh, self-seeking, self-serving, sickle fans who hate democracy. You know what I mean? Acting as if Republicans are truly in government to make America, make, make the working class have a decent middle-class life. That's not why Republicans get into government. And Obama, it seemed pretty goddamn naive, I don't know what, to go and constantly try to get them to work with him over and over again. Like, tr like trying to convince a snake not to be a snake. The snake is always just going to slither around. How, no matter how many times you, you explain the benefits of walking upright, that's all they can do is slither. So he left. Okay, he got the uh, the ACA done. The and and one of the problems 
was that it didn't have a public option. That's why we are still battling it. If it had a public option, these filthy fascists would not be able to touch it. But, you know, whatever. It's improved. Is it really? Because how much is it improved that we, we're constantly fighting these mother effers? It's just, it's, we, is it improved to be in this constant state of PTSD about it? Are they taking it away? Are they bringing it? Are they cutting it? Are they, are they subsidies? Are they? And then they complain about how divided we are. Of course we're divided. They constantly divide us with these effing subsidies. I'm so sick of that. That's part of the problem. How about you discuss it, Obama? When you, I mean, there was Obama had a a filibuster-proof majority for the first three months or so, I think, of his presidency, and that's when they got the ACA done. But the reason he lost the House was because he started working with these Republicans, doing very Republican things, like putting Social Security on the table. And I remember that like it was yesterday because I felt like somebody stabbed me in the heart. That he went. The only reason we that the that the Republicans didn't get their disgusting, greedy fingers on Social Security was because John Boner's caucus room conspiracy. That he was a member of the caucus room conspiracy. Well, they were all members, meaning that they were not going to give Obama any wins at all. It was Obama that put Social Security on the table for the Republicans. And and Boner rejected it. So we were lucky there. And the other thing, think about this. When, back in the day with um, Bill Clinton, when Bill Clinton and Newt Gingrich, they were discussing a, a uh, grand bargain themselves that included the, uh, I think, privatization of Social Security. And the only reason it didn't happen was because they were going to roll it out. The day it was rolled out was the day that the Monica Lewinsky scandal broke. So we can really thank Monica Lewinsky for saving Social Security. Yet again, from another right-wing corporate DLC Democrat. That, I mean, what do we need in this country? We have the Republican Party. This is the way I look at it. We, we have a fascist party. That's the Republican Party. It's a fascist pro-corporate, I mean, pro-corporate is one thing. They're, they're pathologically corporate. Uh, Putin puppets, the agents of a foreign dictator, sycophants to nothing but wealth and power and selfishness than everything that sucks in the world. And we have a, an, a, a Republican Party. So we have the fascist party. And then we have the Republican Party, which is the DLC Democrats. The, the DLC Democrats, the establishment Democratic Party, including, this is Pete Buttigieg, Barack Obama, the, the, they are the Republican Party of yesteryear. So what are we going to do? Just not, we'll, we'll just, I mean, what they're really trying to do is convince us that we, well, that this is the best we can do, that the least upwardly mobile with the widest income gap of all industrialized nations. That is the best we can do. Do not even bother. Don't try because it's too hard. You're not, you have to be realistic. 
You don't want to be pie in the sky. Don't worry. To stave off revolution or the, the change that we really not can just believe in, but really need, to stave that off, we'll give you some things. We'll, we'll throw you a bone now and then. We'll make unemployment insurance 90, 99 weeks. We'll do that. We'll extend that a little bit temporarily. We'll, um, I don't know. We don't expect, maybe we'll, uh, we'll up the subsidies. We'll allow more people to get a subsidy. But other than that, do not believe in change you can believe. Uh, forget the change we can believe. And just get, go back to sleep. Pie in the sky. I got mine, Jack. Sucks to be you. If somebody, oh, oh, you know, your neighbor gets cancer, you be, thank your lucky stars it ain't you. But there's always GoFundMe. We'll always have GoFundMe. That's what, I mean, that's really the motto of the, forget e pluribus unum. It's, uh, we will always have GoFundMe. <clears throat> out of many one. That's what that means, out of many one. Not the many work for the one percent. <laughs> that's why they should change it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's see. Obama's remarks come at a time when the primary central cent, the primary central dynamic is a clash over whether the best way forward is for the party to continue along a center left path. What, whatever that effing means, a center left. It's not center left. It's just bullshit platitudes, and people who want to eat that shit up, who don't want to see what's right before their eyes. They're like shit. They're so f tired and scared. And they're like, I, got, I just want to hold on to what I have, if I have it, because maybe tomorrow you won't have it, honey. What are you going to do? It's like I was listening to Tom Hartman's show, and, she, and somebody called in, and they were saying, I used to be one of those people that said, don't touch my health care because I had great health care. My, my husband's health care was a great union health care plan, but now my husband is retiring in in the, in two years and we won't have that health care anymore and now we're like oh shit what are we gonna do now they're like oh um yeah medicare for all that sounds good that 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 sick kind of thinking is what why we're here this we're we got we're uh not in this together so wait oh, hold on where's the chat that's the problem. And this is how, it, if we had a real Democratic Party that was thinking of, uh, along the lines of FDR and uh, Truman and even LBJ with the Great Society, we would, could use their bully pulpits to bring people together to talk about leaving no one behind. That's the only patriotic value. That's how you present it. It is a patriotic imperative to bring us all together, just like Social Security. FDR made Social Security for everyone. It belongs to everyone. So no damn politician can scrap it. That was, that's his words. And you, don't, you keep talking about how you unify this country. That's how you unify it. You, you unify it by unifying it. We're, if the, if we're, we're either a country or we're not, what's the point of having a country? A country has standards. Are we going to move heaven and earth to uh, ensure that people can go to a doctor when sick just as much as we say we'll move it when we get attacked? 
we'll move heaven and earth to go attack the wrong, the country that never attacked us. But we won't move heaven and earth to save the Americans who needlessly die every year and all, everything that's left behind, including, I mean, it's, uh, the, the PTSD in this country is palpable. I'm just, somebody said, uh, who was that? Cindy, Sin City on the, on the chat asking about the shirt. I'm wearing Bernie's shirt from the, this is uh, the 59th Street Bridge, the Queensboro Bridge in Queens. And there, I'm in this picture somewhere, but this was from the, uh, it's a, it's a shirt from that rally in Queensboro Park. Oh, shit. That's where that is. All right. Where was I reading? All right. Here's, here's Obama again. In what seemed like a rebuke of Warren and Sanders' stances, Obama, who is still held in exceptionally high regard by Democratic voters, spent considerable time during his speech counseling against adopting left-wing populism as the party platform. Because, you know, you wouldn't want to win an election. You wouldn't want to win against the most disgusting, greedy, filthy, lowbrow, archaic, ghost of the Gilded Age con man who ever squatted in the White House despite receiving votes. I mean, why would you want to do that? Give me a break with this shit. That's why we, we have to endure this shit now. Because we had a democratic establishment that sold out the working class. If we had a vibrant and economically stable and upwardly mobile working class in those, in those, in those um, countries, I was going to say countries, in those places that voted for Trump that went for Trump after voting for Obama. Why, why did they vote for Obama? They, they voted for change we can believe in. And then, then when they found that it was just more bullshit, more bullshit platitudes, uh, they said, okay, I'll vote for this goddamn con man. He's going to shake things up. So, I mean, I don't, I, all of the, of the cards stacked against Hillary, I understand. The Russians, the 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 psyops campaigns the everything the 24/7 news on uh, fake news on fox news uh, the cottage industry against her that it's she should have trounced twitler it would she should not it shouldn't have even been close but people were they're sick of it and though i i understand he into the fissures of disunity a con man can step. And what did he peddle? What did he sell these, these dupes? He sold, I mean, on top of racism, he sold them a left-wing populism. Talking about, I'm going to give health care to everybody. Nobody's going to have, uh, you, every, it's going to cover everybody. It's going to be great, beautiful, better, and it's going to be less expensive, or you're not going to pay anything. That's exactly what he sold. And he talked about, don't sell your houses. Uh, jobs are coming back. That's uh, it's where everything is going to be great. What the hell? So, but that's why I, mean, I still contend Bernie would have won. Because people were like, I don't want the same old shitty in bed with whatever billionaire 
sold-out politician promising the moon but not being able to deliver a pizza. But there you go. This is still a country that is less revolutionary than it is interested in improvement, he said. Yeah, I mean, we're only... Um, we were only founded by revolutionaries who overturned a, 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 an, a, an intergenerational aristocracy that went back thousands of years. So, but that's, the, this is how he's using his bully pulpit, right? This is the same guy that went to Flint, Michigan and drank water. He sipped the water in front. I wish I had grabbed that clip of Obama sipping water in Flint, Michigan, rather than doing something. Flint is still screwed up with water. They don't have clean water in Flint, Michigan. But Obama went there, instead of using his power and prestige and his bully pulpit to help the, the people there and really identify the problems and fix them and help fix them, he, he drank a, a glass of water in front of everyone, just tell them, it's okay, and then said something like, oh, when I was a kid, I ate lead paint, so, and look at me, I turned out okay. How disgraceful. So, it's okay that your kids are being poisoned. Don't worry about it. They could be, when you too can be president. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Alrighty, uh, where are we? Obama's remarks came at a time when the primary, oh yeah, here it is. The average American still doesn't think we have to completely tear down the system and remake it. And if that's the case, that's because you're not doing your job, Obama. And that's what I always say, even when I'm, I'm watching this filthy corporate media. And this is why I ask you to please become a patron, support the independent liberal media, but whatever. So, but when I'm watching the filthy corporate media and you have these disgusting, like, Donnie Deutsches of the world and Mika Brzezinski's and Joe Scarborough's railing against Medicare for All, using Republican talking points, saying, oh, you're going to rip health care from people. You're ripping health care. Like Pete Buttigieg says that. Yeah, I, I don't think Americans want to rip health care from millions of people, never mind the 85 million Americans that have no health care. We're supposed to just, oh, well, let them eat Advil. We don't care about them because, you know, oh, we're so divided, though. We're so divided. Don't care about the 85 million left behind, but anyway, and... Uh, on your, this is what I was saying, on the bully pulpit, what they should, on the corporate media, instead of using Republican talking points to say, Americans don't want their health care to be ripped from them, which is bullshit. When you have Medicare for all, that means you, everybody gets health care. That means nobody's left behind. It means everybody in, nobody out, like the American values, like e pluribus unum, like pledging your lives, fortunes, and sacred honor to each other, leaving no one behind. This fucking country, right? And anyway, instead of saying the Republican talking points, why don't they say uh, Medicare for all 
is leaving no one behind, using the opportunity to educate the American people. Don't just say, I'm just so sick of it on, on corporate media. That's all they do is say, oh, nobody cares. Nobody, well, the, the tactics are, well, about Medicare for all. Oh, nobody wants their health care ripped. Explain. Use, your, use the time that you have in front of the millions of people saying, it's, no one's getting health care ripped from them. It's, get, it's everybody getting health care. You're going to the doctor. It's a matter of who's paying for it. Everybody in, nobody out. It's patriotic. I mean, this, that's the drum they can beat. They just choose not to because a few people get very rich denying Americans health care. And we're supposed to not give a shit about that. We're supposed to be a fearful, tiny populace clinging tightly to what we have, hoping we're not picked off next. So that's why in this but Bernie talks about that will I fight for someone who has no health care, even if I have health care? Will I fight for someone who's undocumented, even if I'm a native-born citizen? Will I fight for someone who is, uh, who's not exactly like me, even if I have everything handed to me, even if I'm a trust fund brat? Will I fight for someone who's, uh, you know, whatever it may be? That's what it means to be an American. We, we don't leave people behind. Real, pe- real patriots, not s- small, tiny, little, fearful creatures holding on for dear life to what we have because we don't know if, if, if we're going to be next. That's no way to live. That's not a country. But that's exactly what Putin likes, too. They like the divided country. They like everyone at each other's throats and fearful and suspicious and hoping and against hope that they're not next, that you're not going to, you could just get along, go, go along, get along, and until something happens to you, like that woman who called up Tom Hartman. Oh, now I see. I'm going to lose my health care. So now, thanks for joining the fight when you realize it's going to affect you. But the fact is, I mean, a welcome to the party, better late than never, I suppose. But this is, that's, it's, we're all uh, hanging by a thread. It, anything can change at any moment. You're, th- that's why we fight for people who, even if we have a job, we fight for the unemployed. Even if we have a job that treats us with dignity and respect, we we fight for those who have jobs that are that aren't be when they're not being treated with dignity and respect we fight for minimum wages even if we're making a lot of money or whatever it might be we fight for each other we don't leave people behind that's what it means to be an american right and don't talk about the, about how we're divided if you don't want to do anything to unify us which which would really unify us is the only way we get unified is if we get attacked? That's bullshit. We are being attacked constantly. We're being attacked by the, by the truth of the reality of climate change, the reality of the unconscionable health non-system, the sick care system that is rapaciously greedy and disgusting that shouldn't exist. We're being attacked all the time. We should be offended about how many we're being attacked by the NRA, that's for sure, the, the Russian funded money laundering operation that that the Republicans are allowing to dictate their every move. God damn it. 
but the Republican, it's, uh, you know, this, we're fighting. It's the Republicans, yeah, they're a problem. But the other problem are, this, are these right-wing Democrats who don't want to do shit. They're not helping. They're not helping us. Wait, I'm just saying something. I'm looking at the time. Oh, my God. Time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? I'm trying to find... I want to say, see, the chat. I'm sorry if I don't... Okay, thank you, Jim. I'm looking at the super chat. Jim, always stepping up to the plate. Someone else put in a super chat, but I don't... I saw it go by, and I cannot see it. So please forgive me. There's too many things to look at. Hmm. I thought I saw two super chats. Anyway, I'm sorry if I missed your super chat. Thank you so much for for your support. It was probably Steve anyway, if I if I am to guess. I'm losing my voice. I'm looking at the time. I'm thinking to myself, should I take a break? I just spilled coffee. God damn it. Hold on. Where is the cats? Where is everybody? Tara Jr. Jr. is sleeping. Over there. Francis is in the other room. Francis might have to go to the vet tomorrow, everyone. He's constipated, so... I'm uh, taking him in. That could be a pro- an indicative of another problem. He could have other issues that g- going on. So, poor thing. He's not... Hopefully, maybe when I get off the show, there'll be a nice present waiting for me, but I don't think so. But he's going to the vet tomorrow for that. Other than that, everybody's taking a nap. Isn't it nice for them to... All right. I, I don't think I'll take a break. Maybe I will. Ah, I'm, all right, I'm going to take a break because I'm going to get some more coffee. You guys need coffee. I need coffee. And, you know, it is what it is. I have other things we need to talk about, so don't go anywhere. Just get your coffee and get back here in about eight minutes, all right? We have other things we're going to talk about. Like, we'll go into the impeachment. What do you think? Yeah, I know. Isn't it suck? That Francis isn't feeling well? I mean, he's acting well, but that's the that's the thing with cats in general. This is why you need... Well, you, you don't need to do. You should. You take your pets to the vet for regular checkups because, especially cats, because cats don't, they mask their sicknesses. So by the time they're showing symptoms, they're really sick. It mean, or if they're hiding, that's a very bad sign. So they, they mask the pain until they can't, and when they can't mask it anymore, they go and hide. And if you're taking your cat to the vet at that point, you should steal yourself for some bad news because that sucks. I learned that the hard way. I didn't know that 
And then my first little cat, Tara Jr., the first, ended up, he had kidney disease. I didn't know it. And I brought him in, and they were like, your cat has kidney disease. I'm like, what? And if I had taken him in for regular checkups, maybe I could have, well, I mean, it's not 100% my fault, because I did take him in. I had a vet at the time that he told me that he had a, uh, that something was wrong with his kidneys, but he didn't um, tell me that it was a very serious issue. So I was like, oh, okay. And then he was like, you just give him this food. And so I was giving him this special diet, but I didn't realize that it was like something that could kill him, you know? So I learned that the hard way. And then I, I went to a new vet after that, who that vet kept my cat alive for many years, but with this kidney disease. And I often wonder about if I had caught it earlier, but live and learn, right? And that's, that's why, I mean, with people too, that's what happens with this country. This is why people die needlessly in this country. This is what they're talking about. They go to the, I mean, we're not cats, obviously, so we can vocalize when we're not feeling well, uh, but people delay care because they don't want to deal with the bills. They're afraid. There you go. They don't want to have to go on GoFundMe. All right. I am going to take a break. I'll see you in about eight minutes. You know the drill. Come back here. I'll see you soon. My name is Tara Devil. Now, the top of the hour on the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn presents our 1,000th episode of the Green News Report. Looking back and looking forward at 1,000 episodes of the GNR. All of that and more straight ahead from Brandblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and the funniest snarky comment in our 1,000 episodes. And in 50 years, I don't want my grandson, Joe, to turn to me and say, Grandpa, you were in the Senate and you knew about the severity of climate change. Why didn't you do anything to stop it? And also, why are you still alive? You're 115 years old. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, I miss Al Franken. Anyway, as noted, this is our 1,000th episode of the Green News Report, which you originally roped me into in February of 2009. So. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations uh-huh. on that. Uh, to help us celebrate the milestone, if we can call it that, our friend, longtime former Weather Channel meteorologist and extreme weather record tracker, Guy Walden, sent some facts and figures to help us put things in perspective today. He uh, notes that when we started in February of 2009, levels of CO2 in the atmosphere were about 387 parts per million. In 2019, more than 10 years later, those levels have shot up now to 410 parts per million, which is a lot higher than climate scientists say we should be at. And when we started in 2009, Walton reports, global surface temperatures had already warmed one degree Celsius above pre-industrial levels. And in the nearly 11 years since then, the planet has warmed an additional two-tenths of a degree Celsius on average, which has brought with it more frequent back-to-back extreme weather disasters. Superstorm Sandy, Hurricanes Maria, Harvey, Michael, the California 
California fires, the Mississippi River floods, to name just a few in the U.S. alone, that have cost the United States billions of dollars in damages. At this rate, Walton says, we are likely to reach the threshold of 1.5 degrees Celsius warming above pre-industrial temperatures by 2030. The year scientists say we must already be on track to cut our emissions in half. Guy also notes we are now seeing far more new daily high temperature records and far fewer daily low temperature records being broken as the planet warms than we were when we started in 2009. So Desi Doyen, clearly we have failed. <laughs> yes, we have. Uh, Guy also adds, congratulations on number 1000. May the Green News Report become the Green New Reality Report by episode 2000. And our friend Dr. Michael E. Mann of the Earth System Science Center at Penn State University. He's the guy who created the infamous hockey stick graph. He sends in a note to say, I want to congratulate Desi and Brad, in parentheses, <laughs> on this milestone during a time when our public discourse has become polluted by vested interests and disinformation. Desi and Brad have used a foghorn of razor-sharp wit and incisive commentary to cut through the morass in their effort to inform the conversation about the existential environmental challenges including climate change that we face today. He adds a thousand thank yous for the clarity and moral vision they have provided to their listeners. I look forward to celebrating the 2000 milestone and many more beyond that. Thank you. Michael Mann. Thank you, Dr. Mann. So what else do we have to mark GNR 1000? Well, when we started in 2009, international negotiations for the U.N. Paris Climate Accord were on the verge of collapse and were barely snatched out of the fire at the last minute by President Obama. By 2016, the landmark agreement to cut global emissions was signed and in full effect. But last week, President Trump filed formal paperwork to withdraw the U.S. from the accord by next year. In 2009, when we started, Tesla was the only car company to offer an all-electric car. Today, most car makers offer or plan to offer multiple all-electric car models, SUVs, semi-trucks, and some, like Volkswagen, have even announced they will be phasing out conventional gas cars entirely. So we haven't failed completely. And the economics of renewable energy have improved astronomically fast. The cost of energy from utility-scale solar plants alone has dropped nearly 90% over the last 10 years, making it cheaper than even natural gas in some areas, and the price is still falling. And finally, when we started, there was little media coverage and not much public engagement on climate change. Today, we have marches in the streets demanding governments act on climate change with the surge of activism and global climate strikes to address climate change. It's a sign of the times that Collins Dictionary named Climate Strike its word of the year from 2019. So we've gotten somewhere in 1,000 episodes. You got it. Check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find, follow, and Share us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. And our great thanks to those of you who have kept us going for 1,000 episodes, completely listener-supported, by stopping by bradblog.com slash donate. Thank you. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyle. And this has been your 1,000th Green News Report. I'm Rick Smith. 
And this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1785. That was the day the General Society of Mechanics and Tradesmen of the City of New York was founded. 22 skilled craftsmen with the motto, By hammer in hand, all arts do stand, met on Pine Street to form a benevolent organization that could provide culture, education, and social services to craftsmen and their families. Two months later, founders met for their annual meeting. They represented many of the city's trades, including hatters, butchers, sailmakers, bolters, and comb makers. In his book, Chance Democratic, historian Sean Willett states, the General Society was intended to be a semi-political umbrella organization for all of the city's independent mechanics to help oversee the trades and secure favorable legislation from local and national government. The group captured the ideal of mutuality and craft pride essential to artesian fraternity since the Middle Ages. The General Society opened one of the city's first free schools at a time when there were no public schools. It established a tuition-free mechanics institute, the General Society Library, and lecture series. The Mechanics Institute, founded in 1858, continues to provide free evening trades-related instruction. The library, established in 1820, is the second oldest library in New York City. It is also one of the few remaining membership circulating libraries. Its collections and archives span two centuries. The General Society continues its tradition of public lectures in the form of the Labor, Literature, and Landmark series. More recently, it has added the Artesian Lecture series that features lectures by master artisans. The series also promotes the work and art of skilled craftsmen. The General Society has been at its current location at 20 West 44th Street since 1885. All right, welcome back. I wanted to thank everyone for putting up with this bullshit, all these technical problems. It is what it is. That's why I ask you to become a patron. I know it's a slow slog. This is the liberal media, my friends. You're looking at it. We hold it together with bubble gum and band-aids and dedication, frankly. I will be here every week as much as I can be until they pry the microphone from my cold, dead hands, I suppose. Uh, but hopefully we'll be able to get enough patrons eventually to have a real show. Wouldn't that be nice? I don't know. So I guess there's some something to be said for this shit. All right. I want to thank Andrea and Anthony and Cynthia and Damask Cats. Daniel S., Deborah W., Dwayne G., Elaine, Gail, Hi-Fi Guy, Haiku, James S., Jane C., Jim A., Joan Z., Joey B., John J., <laughs> Kathleen, Katie O., K., Lord Wafflecott, Mark F., Martin S., Martin, another Martin S., two different names, though. Mary C, Max F, Michael D, Michael L D, Pierre Du, Peter R, Randall B, Stephen K, Susan S, Teresa S, Tony S. I want to thank you guys for being 
the the beating heart of this show and RDT Daily. And when you're giving to this show, when you're supporting this show, you're also supporting the writers at RDT Daily. And there's there's basically two writers over there. And the one is Dave. He is also the editor of RDT Daily at the RDT Daily Facebook page. You should check that out and hang out there. We have a fans page. You can hang out there and post your own stuff. And we have, let's see, I'm trying, I'm looking at RDT Daily, at who, uh, and Daryl Lucas, who basically writes 90% of everything that you read at RDT Daily. He puts a lot into it. So that's it. That's a, it's dedication that keeps it going. But, you know, because we don't have the Mercer family. We only have you, each other. We ha- I'm not saying we only have you. We have each other. That's not all. That, that is more wealth than the Mercer family could ever muster in a thousand lifetimes. But I guess it's more of a metaphorical me- wealth. We would, we have to, you know, keep going. As I say, we stick together, we win. But we, we will, I guess, uh, you know, the world is your mirror. Well, I'll keep doing this. Hopefully, we'll g- I'll get a good feedback. The the feedback is the the fact that people are supporting the show. So, if I got no supporters, and I would be like, fuck it, I'll go take a nap. You know what I mean? I'll go on Twitter and argue with conservatives there. I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I just don't you wish everything was normal. You know what I mean? That you didn't have to deal with this shit? All right, so uh, let's talk about the impeachment. The other day, the Republicans... uh, That's what's so depressing about the end of the American Republic, is watching these Republicans confirm everything I've been saying for years. People say, oh, you're... Oh, that's just Tara. That's her. She's... Oh, she hates Republicans. She's just... You know, they make a joke. Oh, it must be Trump's fault or whatever. Uh, it is. And let me show you. I'll show you. Or Republicans' fault. Like, for instance, I think we were talking about this one. We had a blackout here in New York. This was a few years ago. And it went on and on and on. And they, um, I know, this was, I know, it was a few years. It was during, it was many years ago. This was during Bush. And... It went on for a long time, We this blackout, longer than normal. And everybody was complaining about it. And I was like, this is fucking Republicans. Of course it is, because what happened was that during George W. Bush, they started to deregulate everything. Here in, the, in New York, we have Con Edison, a private-public partnership. And they... So... The, uh, uh, under Democrats and under the normal uh, governance that where you want to actually function and said your goal is to make things function, not just funnel money into the hands of your shareholders or the, or your executives. You they would re, the, what the re, the regulation was that you had to use a certain that the Con Ed had to use a certain amount of money each year to maintain the wires and update update their infrastructure 
Of course, under Republicans, they did away with that regulation. So instead of go, doing regular maintenance and updating the wires and whatever the hell they do, they funneled money into the big salaries of their executives and whatever. And then when they have a blackout, instead of it lasting a, a day, an hour, not even, you know, a few hours, whatever, it lasted weeks in the height of the of the heat waves of summer so that's of course it it's related to republicans the to the disgusting uh, i i don't know what i i was just when i say disgusting i'm like i need another word i need to find another word but the, to to have uh it's all related everything is politics so when people say i hate politics i'm not involved with politics then don't complain when you have a blackout and you're sitting in the dark for a week or whatever it is it's uh, it's it should be unacceptable but that's how we need to connect the dots you can't just walk around like Mr. Magoo falling into pit, pit holes all the time thinking, oh, well, um, we got to do something about that pitfall. What, well, you know what? How about we give credit where credit is due and figure out wh uh, what, what caused the pitfall to begin with? Like when I hear the Republicans, when I hear, well, let's say the Democrats, one of the things that annoys me what annoyed me during the 2016 campaign is I would hear Hillary Clinton talk about Fox News, how Fox News was out to get her, and there was a 24-7 right-wing news organization devoted to to uh, down, you know, her, the, her downfall or whatever. Well, that's your husband's fault, honey. That's the deregulation of the media, the uh, Telecommunications Act of 1996. What is wrong with this country? Why cannot, wh why can't we connect the dots? That's the problem. You can't just act like, oh well, where, where does this come from? Where, but that's what they want you to do. They don't want you to p piece it together and get pissed off enough to get involved. They want you to just be like, oh, I hate politics. It's just tweeting. I wish he would stop tweeting. Uh, oh, I like my tax cut. When you're, I, I, that, oh, these Republicans are so annoying. I like my tax cut. You like a tax cut, but they, they, they take, they give you a tax cut. So they're giving more money in people's paychecks. Or, t but what happens is that you have less deductions and you end up paying more at the end of the year. So they're stealing, they're stealing from you motherfuckers so anyway at the impeachment hearing these filthy republicans they never cease to disappoint in proving me right that they're fascists america haters um there's a new there's a i don't know she's not new but i guess she's their aoc elsie stefanak representative let me see Oh, Elise, not Elsie. Elise. I never saw her before. Uh, she was the youngest GOP representative ever elected until AOC. She's, that's what they're trying to make her. They're trying to groom her as their AOC. Uh, but AOC, at least, she, AOC isn't a sellout. She's not a liar. AOC has principles. 
and she is somebody who can make you proud. Not this Elsie Stefanak. Who the hell is this bitch? She's gets up there. Now, I, let me just play this this exchange here at during the impeachment hearing. Now, th- now remember, this is the, a, a manufactured outrage. That's all the Republicans have. They can't get up there and say, Trump is innocent. He, uh, it's okay to grift and bribe and commit extortion with taxpayer money for a foreign government that you're, that you're, that the Congress allocated defense funds against Putin um, that you can use those defense funds from a co-equal branch of government that's already been allocated. You can use those, those funds for your own personal gain, for your own election uh, strategy to dig up dirt on your political rival. I mean, Republicans are shameless that they, that they are even attempting to, to cover this, to, to give an excuse for this. So during, they're, they're manufacturing after. There's two strategies going on. One is the faux outrage of it all. The Democrats are, they're, they're corrupt. They're being bullies. They're, it's not fair. It's, they're out to get us. It's abuse of power, you see. Not that, not that Twitler's abusing power, that he's going around the mechanisms of government that's put in place to prevent someone like him from ever having power, like all of his acting, acting uh, council, councils, acting this, acting that. All of those acting assholes are the ways to get around Congress. That's okay for Republicans. They want a king. They always wanted a king. They were in the bag for King George back in the day, the, their ancestors. That's, just, that's the truth. Now they're in the bag for King Trump. Not even, he's not even a decent king. He's an asshole. He's a douchebag. He's ignorant. Ignorant. He's a moron. A greedy little grifter. Who's a, who is a, and it's like a Russian doll, you know, but he's a puppet of, of, of a foreign dictator who murders, uh, who goes on to, uh, the, on, into the land of our allies and, and poisons people. This is who, who shoots down civilian airplanes. This, this is Trump's pal, who we're, do, we're carrying out. We're using the United States as now carrying out the foreign policy of this anti-democratic foreign dictator, thanks to Republicans. You remember when they used to uh, hate Repo- They used to hate Russia. They used to hate, oh, communism. Now these are they're, they're, the, the hypocrisy. Now they're agents of a foreign dictator. But anyway, so Elsie, Elise, I don't know why I keep saying Elsie, Stefanak, who, she's just another one of them. How do you, she's young, of course, she looks young. I'm not sure exactly how old she is, but, oh, she's 30. She became uh, the youngest woman ever elected at age 30. Well, you, you know what, you, shame on you even more for being young and I mean, I can understand if you're young, you're, maybe you're not, you're not informed yet, but you're it's that young and you're already a selling, you're already selling out to, to the worst human beings on the planet. You're already n- nothing but a useful idiot making up this manufactured outrage. Look at this. So here, here we go. So 
these are the rules that the that the GOP put in place that you can't when you when you uh, give your time to when you're in these in these hearings these are the re republican rules right in the hearings you can't when you say i i concede the rest of my time to whoever you can't concede your time to another representative only back to the to the council okay so you can't con you so your representative you have your time if you have any time left over you can't give it to Jim Jordan. You have to give it to the council. That's the, these are the rules that were laid out, that the Republicans laid out and agreed to. They knew this when they set up their stunt for the audience of one. Here we go. What the ambassador is doing here today, uh, this is the House Intelligence Committee that's now turned into the House Impeachment Committee. Uh, this seems more appropriate uh, for the Subcommittee on Human Resources at the Foreign Affairs uh, Committee. Uh, if there's issues with, with employment, disagreements with the administration, it would seem like this would be a more appropriate... <laughs> what the hell is he talking setting. about? Okay, that's Devin Nunes coming up with another angle for Twitler to wiggle around, saying that, oh, it's a... You know, that's the thing that it was saying, because this woman who... Uh, Abbas Ambassador y Yavanovich or whatever, she was... She got a good job now. She got she's she's now she's got a teaching gig somewhere that she really she really likes, and they're saying, "Oh, uh, how's your job?" So no harm, no foul. Even though the most powerful so-called president on the face of the earth is coming after you, speaking to an, a foreign another a foreign leader about you, saying bad things are going to happen to you. I mean, how vile. Here's, she's an ambassador. She doesn't have a lot of... She's not that powerful. That's the thing. She's a, and he's acting like she's somehow, um, you know, the agent of... She's so, of... Uh, that, that where the linchpin of our foreign policy, where everything turns. But there's no foreign policy going on here. There's nothing but Trump's agenda. And... It's unbelievable how these Republicans. You remember how we had to endure their whining about Hillary's cell, how, her, her server, her cell phone, and Twitter's on an unsecured cell phone, talking to his sycophants in a in a public restaurant. He's yelling at them on the phone. They can and everybody's overhearing this, and uh, uh, not just the people in the restaurant, but the. Of course, whoever's bugging in these phones. This is an unsecured phone that uh, these, um, you know, the, the witnesses at the impeachment hear hearing are, you know, are saying that Twitler, they overheard these conversations of him calling his, no, well, he wasn't calling Yovanovitch or whatever, but he was calling the, his ambassador that he replaced her with, you know, the one who gave a million dollars. He didn't replace her. No, I'm getting it wrong. He replaced, this is, he sent the uh, sycophant, the, the ambassador to the EU. He became the ambassador because he gave a million dollars. I mean, how is this even legal? It's so disgusting. But now you hear what, what Nunez, uh, Devin Nunez, this, this, this pasty-faced asshole is... His ang another angle is besides the 
the catapulting of the propaganda of, of Putin's propaganda is, the, is that, hey, she's got a great job now. What the hell? Why are you complaining? Uh, instead of an impeachment hearing where uh, the ambassador is not uh, a material fact witness <laughs> uh, to anything. Any okay, it's, we're getting there. Hold on. Uh, at the president for this impeachment inquiry. I'm, uh, I have several questions I think uh, Mr. Castor wants to get to. Uh, I know, Ms. Stefanik, you had a, a few quick questions for the ambassador. Yield to you, Ms. Stefanik. Thank you, Mr. Nunez. Ambassador Yovanovitch, thank you for being here today. Suspend. The gentlewoman was suspended. What is the interruption for this time? It is our time. The gentlewoman was suspended. You're not recognized. Mr. Nunez, you are minority counsel. I just recognized. Under the House Resolution 660, you are not allowed to yield time except to minority counsel. The ranking member You're yielded time to another member of Congress. No, that is not accurate. You're gagging the that is accurate. New York. Ambassador Yovanovitch, I want to thank wow. you for being here today. You're not recognized. This is the fifth time you have interrupted you members little of bitch. elected members of Congress. The woman will suspend. Look at her face. Look at her fucking face. Oh. Suspend. Whoa. I can't believe this. What an outrage. You see? They're following the rules. You know, this is the party of uh, law and order, right? Unless the law and order is uh, coming after their, their con man. The, they're not, you know what I mean? It's, never, it's unreal. How do these people have the right, the balls, the, uh, the goal to question this woman, Yovanovitch, who is a, a, a lifelong public servant, a decent human being who's tried her best to do what's best for this country, who's followed the foreign policy of this nation for Republican and Democratic presidents. And these mother effers have the balls to question her like this, to question her integrity while they're covering the ass of a con man who's doing the bidding of an anti-democratic foreign dictator. It's, and there they are, knowing that they're violating, putting on the show violating, uh, because they're violating their own rules that they agreed to, pretending to be, oh, they're being abused, poor them, so Twitter can go on his Twitter machine and cry, wah, wah, I'm such a victim, look again, the, 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 here they, the meanie Democrats, they're, they're, they're being mean, we don't have due process, which is, uh, he has more due process than he deserves, due process we don't i have the right to question i need to know who the whistleblower is remember when it was benghazi and every every other manufactured bullshit that we had to endure that these republicans try to uh use to divide this country that we had to oh we have to protect whistleblowers remember except what does it matter except now with the whistleblower, if they they need to, because they want to harass whoever this whistleblower is, they want to turn the power of Twitlers, of uh, you know the bomb makers and all the the all the disgusting bottom feeders, they want to turn their guns on this person, literally and figuratively. Look at this woman. Thirty years old, shame on you. And it has to go, you know, you got to think about somebody, who they are as a human being, if this is what they think is, uh, you know, this is what they're doing with their, 
with the representing, with their, their power of representing the people of their neighborhood or whatever. That's what they're doing with their power. They're making, they're just making shit up. They're putting on a show. They know, they have no shame, no integrity at all. Because they understand, I mean, they understand that this will catch up to them. On the, there's articles being written about the manufactured outrage. How Republicans tried to manufacture outrage during Friday's impeachment hearing with this bitch, she, with her, her finger in the air. And they, she's now, uh, Rep. Um, Elise Stefanik is, she's actually fundraising off of this incident that and she posted it to her own twitter page how she was silenced by adam schiff when this is these are the rules bitch that you agreed to you know what you were doing you know that you're a liar but she also knows that her dupes that twitler's dupes that the idiots the morons the kkk lovers the sycophants of uh, of david duke the tiki torch incels the ones who want to uh, you know, uh, celebrate the, the Confederate flag, all the morons who cheer in the, uh, at your rallies, who, who have no shame, who put on that stupid read the transcript shirt, when you, who will do whatever the hell you tell them to. They, they know that they won't hear the truth and they will never find the truth. They'll never run into the truth by looking at Fox News or voting Republican, so they're out of danger. They know that they will, they can trick their dupes. And it's a, nothing but a show for, who are, they, who are they doing it for? They're doing it for Twitter to protect a traitor. Think about that. It's, ex- I wish I was wrong. I wish I was wrong. That's why I always say it sucks to be right. I, do- I wish I was wrong. That I wish that Republicans weren't traitors, that they actually love this country. I wish that they were, they just were, you know, they had different ideas about how to maintain an economically vibrant middle class and a, and a, a vibrant democracy. I wish. No, it's not just that. They don't like democracy. They don't like America. They want to dismantle the very system that the founders fought a revolution to entrust to us, and that's what they're doing with all of the, with the show that they're putting on for a con man who's in bed with a foreign dictator. <sighs> uh, Mr. Chair, we, we control the time. Uh, been customary to this committee that whoever controls the time look at him uh, he's like how does he put up with this shit we have members of congress that have a few questions seems appropriate that we be able to let miss stefanik uh no bitch you these are the rules nunez you or minority council recognized yep or the minority council just like you agreed to (laughs) look at his face like he's laughing at this look ambassador all right Mr. Castor, you recognize All right. Oh, real funny, Nunez. Just like when, uh, what's his name, when Jim Jordan saw uh, child rape happening <laughs> and did nothing. Thank you, Mr. Nunez. Ambassador, welcome. Uh, thank, you for, thank you for your service. 
Um, 33 years, an extraordinary career. Okay, now, here's the thing. This is the Republican Council. Now, here, the, the plan for the Republicans is they don't want their morons to tune in to this reality TV show that's going on. They want them to... The, to say, oh, it's so boring. They don't. They want to confuse them. That's all they have. You see, they go back onto 4chan and find some uh, mosque to blow up or something. Go or whatever they do. They complain. Go on some incel meetup site. I don't know what you do. Or to find out who's got a sale on tiki torches or something. They. This is what they're trying to do. Telling their, and that's what was all over Fox News, uh, that it's so boring. It was such a boring proceeding, this impeachment thing. Uh, you know, a, a traitor, a, a con man. It's, uh, it's completely boring. Why would you tune in? And, and even, actually, you know what? I'm, now that I'm saying that, I'm thinking the, even the NBC News wrote an article that made me so angry. Uh, it said that the, the impeachment hearings, it wasn't this day, the, but it was the first impeachment hearings lacked pizzazz. That was what, this is what we're, what, the, that's the, the commentary coming from the corporate media, that the impeachment hearing the first day, it lacked the pizzazz, you know, because that's what Republicans, we want pizzazz, right? Like the, the Republicans will accept no substitute for pizzazz. They need pizzazz. So they send this guy out there, and uh, I just want to play him for a short period of time, and you'll see what I'm saying, because it's the monotone, the, the boring. Really has been a, a is, remarkable. Um, is on purpose. A tenure for you at the State Department. I uh, also uh, like to thank you for participating here today. This is a, a, a crazy environment. Uh, this hearing room is uh, turned into a television studio. Um, before today, you spent, uh, on the Friday the 11th, you were with us for early in the morning until I believe it was eight o'clock at uh, night. People missed trains back to New York. Was the pizzazz. It was um, a, a complete. Um, this certainly it doesn't have the same pizzazz of storming the skiff, even though you have access to it. A very complete day, so thank you. Um, you were serving a three-year assignment in the Ukraine, is that correct? Did that yes. have a lot of pizzazz? And it began in uh, 2016 and was scheduled to, to end in 2019? How many pizzazzes did you have? <laughs> did you have your full no, of pizzazz? Disputes that there? it's up to the president to decide who, who his Who's envoy, got the pizzazz? Uh, who his envoys uh, are to post around the world, correct? Correct. The pizzazz? in my statement. And you returned uh, from the Ukraine on, on May 20th, 2019? That's correct. How was that trip? And Pizazzos, your return Pizazzos coincided with the uh, inauguration of President Zelensky? Yes. And you Are you bored enough yet? Department? I do. Do you want to change the channel? This is that's their return to Washington. The deputy that's secretary. That's their agenda uh, here Sullivan is to bore the Trump dupes. Because we know what connoisseurs the Trump dupes are. They, these are the same dupes who, uh, they're fine, fine um, critics of modern culture, right? They are, they, they need 
you know them. I mean, they they will accept no substitute than, like, for instance, uh, Duck Dynasty or NASCAR. Fine entertainment. Like, um, they're kind of sores of fine entertainment. Like, uh, Clint Eastwood yelling at a chair. This is actually, I think I have that. This is uh, what the Republicans will consider entertainment. That's entertainment. I'll just follow this. How do you handle it? I mean, what do you say to people? Do you, uh, do you just, uh, you know, I know people, uh, people yeah. are wondering. You don't, you don't have it. You need well, I know even some production value. Party who were very disappointed when you didn't close Gitmo. And I thought, Do you uh, remember well, this? I think get, closing Gitmo, <laughs> why close that? We've spent so much money on it. Uh, but uh, I thought maybe it's an excuse. Oh. What do you mean, shut up? This is what Republicans will demand no substitute than an old man lecturing an empty chair. Terrorists in downtown New York City. Maybe that would Never mind the, the lack of pizzazz of, a, of an impeachment hearing of a dictator envying con man who received fewer votes using taxpayer money to extort a foreign, uh, for, for, to use foreign aid to extort a, a, uh, an ally. I mean, there's no pizzazz in that. But you thought the war in Afghanistan was was uh, okay. You know, I mean, you thought that was something right. that was worth doing. The Republicans we really know how to, to how what how to kick ass when it comes to entertainment. But, but it's, sort of uh, like this. Cowardice. <laughs> Are you serious? Apologies for freedom. I can't handle this. When freedom brings Answer the call On your feet Stand up tall Freedom's on our shoulders USA <laughs> Enemies Sing it, baby Face the music Come on, boys Take them down Take them down, Let's boys Of course they're boys, you know Because this is a misogynist death cult so, of course, Republicans, you know, it's it's tough for the low IQ Republicans, the connoisseurs of fine entertainment like Duck Dynasty, NASCAR, and Noah's Ark replica in Tennessee to sit through a an impeachment hearing. So, of course, bore them into into distraction. They'll uh, that is that's a good a good strategy, Republicans. Anything, anything for your dim leader, your dumb furor. I mean, that's the other thing that's so unbelievable when you think about it. It's like they're not selling this country out for someone with any substance. They're selling out this grand experiment in liberal democracy for a con man with a fake university and a vitamin scam. With a, with a, a magazine that failed. With a... Uh, a, a mortgage industry that failed. That, not industry. He had a mortgage company. He wanted Trump mortgages. A Trump shuttle. Trump, I mean, everything that he has touched turned to shit. And he's not, he's not even a good businessman. That's the thing. He's, it's nothing that he's innovated. He didn't come up with anything on his own. Oh, let me have a magazine. Let me have a game. Trump game. Trump ties made in China. Trump uh, sweatshop, a shoe factory. 
that are making shoes that other people designed better and are making them better. Everything is derivative with them. That's uh, even the Republicans. That's the way they are. They have no new ideas. They only have one idea. It's make the rich richer and destroy democracy in the process and tax cuts. That's how you get there. Tax cuts, deregulation, eventually will be in a, in the same kind of system the founders fought a revolution to escape. That's what their their end goal is. It's undermining the entire Western, uh, you know, forget going back, uh, 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 oh, rolling back the progressive age. They want to roll back the Enlightenment. That, I mean, that, I'm not even being hyperbolic when I'm saying that. It's the truth. Look at their policies. Look at what they're doing. Even they're allowing this con man to uh to to entertain dreams of you know whatever that of that that to entertain the dreams that he is fit for office is a an assault against the uh the grand experiment you know what i mean they should it should if they had any love for this country they would have they it would we would not only have we not have, not only would it, would we not be enduring a Twitler presidency, we wouldn't have gotten here. But even if they did, right? If it ended up that he got, we got here, he was elected, whatever, and uh, it, they would have decided enough is enough. Despite how popular he may be, if he's popular with his base, with the Republican base. It's not for the United States to change our moral center to appease that lowbrow, racist-ass base. It's for them, it's for, it's for this country to take a look at itself and, and, and evolve despite those albatrosses hanging around our necks. We don't need to go down to their level. We need to keep evolving without them. And the Republicans, you know, despite them, they're, they're instead of saying, you know what, we need to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, look, we, we have a base of racists, ig- of morons, of ignoramuses, of selfish sycophants, of a, of a con man. What are we going to do? Instead of appeasing that base... They need. They really should use their the power, whatever power they have, to uh, you know talk them off the ledge. Why don't you use your time to be like, hey guys, evolve already. Enough is enough. But that's not the that's not in the game plan because their their whole agenda is to dismantle democracy. <sighs> but it's really tough being a normal person in this in the new Gilded Age, and in, in, on top of what we have to deal with with the Republicans, that dealing with the, even what's considered the left wing, it's not even the left wing, the, the DLC wing, the Republican wing of the Democratic Party, telling us that we can't do the things that we need to do to fix this problem. Twitler didn't get here overnight. He got here because of the end of the great prosperity of the selling out of the working class, the neoliberal policies that made him possible. So, 
Yeah, it is the truth. It's the trick on Paradu says on the chat how to convince how to convince people to vote Republicans the greatest trick the devil ever pulled. It is the truth, and I don't know. What are we gonna do? Of course, when Barack Obama came out today saying how. Uh, uh, too far left. We're too far left. Don't go too far left. Like, he's some kind of... I don't know what the hell happened to him, really. I mean, maybe he was always kind of a Republican. But he's just sitting up there uh, spewing stream of consciousness. Like, he's some kind of uh, corporatist guru now. Forget change you can believe in. He's like this uh, corporate guru that's just like, hey, man, you know, let's... Uh, Slow it down. Don't go too radical here. What is so radical about fixing the actually fixing the problems? Uh, and what's really offensive is that this is a wing of the Democratic Party, clearly ha that is powerful, that has the money. I mean, no, they don't have the people. They have the money. So of course, they're they're he's he's speaking to high, well-heeled, whatever they called, whatever you call it, donors, which to even have a class in a democracy known as a donor class is an offense. So that he's there telling them that the American people don't want to go too far left, whatever that means, whenever they have, whenever it helps the working class, it's, it's too far left. They've been pulling that on us forever, saying it doesn't matter what uh, what we do. Social Security is too far left. Um, Medicare too far left. The uh, whatever it may be that helped the working class of this country get a leg up. It's been too far left. There's actually a quote from Harry Truman. Let me see Truman. Let me look this up now. Now that I'm saying this, it's crossing my mind. Truman denounced the use of social. Here it is. Socialism is a scary word they have hurled at every advance the people have made in the last 20 years. Well, now it's 50 years. Socialism, socialism is what they called public power. Socialism is what they called social security. Socialism is what they called farm price supports. Socialism is what they called bank deposit insurance. Socialism is what they called the growth of free and independent labor organizations. Socialism is their name for almost anything that helps all the people. Isn't that the truth? And now we even have right-wing right -wing Democrats telling us that all of the things that we need to do. It's not that we want to do them. Yes, we want to do them. It's not about being pie in the sky. We are being realistic. If we want to save this country from fascism and save it from corporatism and, and build the middle class, that rebuild it, that the, that the trickle-down, kiss-up, kick-down, Reaganomics and Clintonomics policies destroyed— and allowed that opened the door for this fascist Twitler dictatorship to get a foothold, we must enact these policies. We must rebuild the working class from the ground up. We must restore progressive taxation. 
and uh, the ensure get rid of this upward immobility and economic disparity. That doesn't. It's not uh, a big mystery. You do it through pro- progressive taxation, through estate taxes, through marginal tax rates and regulation that and that uh, builds up labor unions and you know uh, builds the society from the ground up instead of the top down. If I can figure it out, everybody else can figure it out. They can figure it out. Obama knows this, but he just doesn't want to us to. I don't know why. What, what, what's in it for him? I guess he's just hanging out too long in the halls of power with very powerful people with a lot of money who don't give a shit. It's really scary that, they, that people get up, they climb the ladder, and then they pull it up behind them, but I guess that's human nature. Some for some people, I don't know. Not for everyone. Not for not for decent people. Oh, brother, I'm looking at the time, but there's so many more things that needed to be said, and I wish they could be said. One other thing, let me just play this, because uh, here's a Pete Buttigieg ad. As a veteran and as a mayor. I've seen what we can achieve when we have each other's backs. But in today's divided America, <laughs> we're at each other's throats. Our rivers and oceans are rising, healthcare costs are soaring, and our kids are learning active shooter drills before they learn okay. to Okay, yeah. To meet these challenges and to defeat this president, we need real solutions, not more polarization. I'm Pete Buttigieg, and I approve this message because acting together to conquer these challenges is the only way forward. Does anybody know what the hell he just said? What does that mean? That that is more change we can believe in. More bullshit. We need real solutions. Okay, what are they? We need. Uh, we're polarized. It's like it's Joe. It's like Joe Biden's ad where he was just giving a rundown of what of what what Twitter did when when uh, he praising the Tiki Torch March, and then he said that they were very fine people. Yeah, we were there. We saw that. We heard that. We know. We it's not like it happened a thousand years ago. We we we've been through this. We were there with, with you, old man. We know. People to judge. Our kids are learning after shooter drills before they learn to read. Yeah, what we know that. Bitch, what are you going to do about it? Oh, yes, I know. You're going to take a lot of money from billionaires, and you're going to tell us that um, incremental change is the best way to change, even though the permafrost is melting and uh, here come the walking dead viruses. Healthcare, chi- climate change. Buttigieg is prioritizing, uh, prioritizing Iowa in his last presidential campaign. Iowa is central, he says. Whatever. It's the first thing to really prove everything that we've been saying. Here's somebody that nobody... Uh, talk about hubris. You're... You, nobody cares, Buttigieg. We want... Yes, we want change. We want real change we can believe in. Not, uh, what, uh, you know, somebody who understands, yeah, there's a problem. A lot of problems. We want somebody that actually wants to fight to fix them. Not be like, oh, don't worry. Nothing will change. Let's just have a... Let's be satisfied with leaving 10 million people of health care or, you know, not doing anything about the influence of money in politics because you're getting paid. Oh, my God. 
Anyway, I'm not into it. I'm not into the uh, Republican Democrats or the bullshit of uh, we need real solutions. What do you do? What do you think they would do to Bernie if he was like, we need real solutions? What do you? You know, I mean, Bernie and Elizabeth Warren have plans. They have they put them out. Pete Buttigieg says, "I we need re- real solutions." He doesn't put anything out there, and they're all praising him like he's the second coming. And th- th- there you go, because he's the corporate he's he's the corporate idea of what progressive looks like. It's the veneer of 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 progress because he's gay and he has a husband, but with absolute not with a lack of substance complete nothing so it's the we can all pat ourselves on the back like for instance with barack obama for electing a black president but what where's the progress we we took one step forward and three thousand steps backwards and with pete Buttigieg, the same thing so if let's say he is we he's the nominee which i doubt but Let's say oh, he so he has a husband. Wonderful. We still have upward immobility and income disparity, and millions of people left behind with no health care, and a so-called president who who is benefiting from the broken system, taking money from billionaires. He's got no problem with billionaires. He's got no problem with the broken money in politics. He'll just he'll look at you and he'll and uh, with. Uh, with caring eyes, and he'll say something with, uh, you know, that sounds very intelligent. It's so ridiculous. I know, I cannot stand listening to him because they, it's this phoniness about it, that this fake democratic, uh, you know, I feel your pain bullshit with nothing behind it. That's why, that's why Democrats lose elections. There you go. If this is what, is this the best we can do? Just uh, let's have a, you know, put some wrapping around. It's like Earth Day sponsored by Coca-Cola. Sponsored, yeah, that's what they do. It's the, co- it's the corporate co-opting of progress. Let me look at you with, with uh, concerned, my concerned face while I meet with 23 billionaires. That's why, I mean, he's, he's, he's the one who's taken most money from billionaires. Isn't it a surprise that the one who's taking all the money from billionaires is telling us that Medicare for all is just too pie in the sky. Oh, brother. All right, I got to go because the show is over two hours. <laughs> I'm sorry. Give the man a break, Stephen Lee is saying. I can't. I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe you're not talking to me. You could be talking to somebody on this chat. There's a very nice chat happening, and if you want to get in on it, if you're around on Saturday evenings, people, get get on, get your ass here. Get your ass into the RDT Daily YouTube channel and hang out with the Tarabuster crew. All right, listen, guys, become a Tarabuster and RDT Daily patron, please. Buy some merch, all that stuff. Thank you for your super chats. I cannot see them right now, so I cannot thank you personally, but please know that I will see them, and I know who you are. <laughs> so I really do appreciate them. I'm not, I don't even know what to say. I feel embarrassed even having to say these things, but until we get one of these goddamn billionaires like Bloomberg, if they really want to do something, how about you give some money to the damn show? Get the get the liberal media going. 
like they do on the right. None of these billionaires want to do anything for, uh, like that. The, on the right, you, they have these, these obscure right-wing shows. How do you think, uh, you know, all these, whatever, what's her name? Tommy Lauren. What the hell? Did, she sucks. She doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. She's a moron. But, you know, they gave her a lot of money. That's how it goes on the right. That's what they do. I'm not kidding. We know this. Not on the left, though. On the left, they all say, oh, I'm going to run for president. Like, we don't want you. Nobody wants you to be president. Just fund some liberal media. How about you do that? All right, guys. Have an enjoyable rest of your Saturday and Sunday. I'm going to... I don't know what I'm doing. I have to take Francis to the vet tomorrow, so we'll see what happens. And there you go. I need to get unconscious. I need to go and sleep on the on a cloud and fly and dream. So thank you, everyone, for hanging out every Saturday evening. My name is Tara Devlin. We stick together. We win. I will hopefully see you during the week, and but definitely on Saturday. I'm going to try to do a weekday special. We'll see what happens. One of these, I'm not sure which day. We have to keep that open. All right, guys. Thank you for hanging out. My name is Tara Devon. I'll see you very soon.